Hi, folks. Welcome to Coast to Coast Outdoors Virtual Podcast. This is episode 15 uh, today. Uh, today, we have, uh, I guess, a follow-up interview with, uh, with Darren Porter, uh, who resides in Windsor, Nova Scotia. Uh, we will be talking about uh, fish passage and uh, a whole pile of issues that they are uh, enduring within uh, the Windsor area. Uh, this podcast is open to viewer engagement, viewer comments, questions, etc. We will try to answer what we can throughout the show. So please feel free to engage. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people I know that support Darren. I support what Darren is doing myself. Uh, obviously, I'm the host of uh, Coast to Coast Outdoors. I'm Jeff McNeil. Uh, so, so with that, I wanted to uh, also add in... Uh, uh, a share screen here, which is going to give a, a little brief description before we get into further detail from Darren. So for those viewers, uh, it's, it's a three minute clip. Uh, so bear with me. Darren Porter sits in his boat near the Windsor Causeway as a one man protest, making a statement as the gates to the causeway are being kept shut. And he says fish are dying and have nowhere to go. Last night, they turned the maintenance flow off, as they have the last few days, which leaves the fish outside, stranded, either inside, like they did last week, or they kill them outside, like they did last week and this week. When you rob those fish of that oxygen, and uh, you add that with heat, you have the proper storm for the death of fish. And when I say fish, I'm not talking about a couple, I'm talking about thousands. In an email sent to Swinomer Media on behalf of the Nova Scotia Department of Agriculture and attributed to Minister Keith Colwell, Minister of Agriculture, it states our department has been closely monitoring fish passage effectiveness at the Avon. warm temperatures and low oxygen. However, DFO continues to examine the causes. It also states in order to mitigate any further mortality, the NSDA, with agreement from DFO, began operations of the tidal gates to fill Lake Pithiquit to approximately three to four feet deep to mitigate the potential for fish to be trapped in these channels. The tidal gates will continue to be open during each of the incoming and outgoing tides to allow for fish passage. 
But Darren Porter says fish are still dying, and that needs to stop. If you were um, uh, a striped bass fisherman, then you foul hooked a fish, you killed it by mistake, it was 26 inches instead of 26 and three quarters, they would fine you and have no problem doing it. But yet they can kill transfer truckloads of fish here on either side constantly for 50 years, and nobody does nothing. That's a problem. And as Darren Porter continues his fight for the fishes that he says are not receiving adequate passage and the Fisheries Act is being violated, he also says until changes are made, he will be out in his boat every night protesting the future of his fishes. And if you'd like to take a look at some of the videos that Darren's produced and some of the concerns that he's been voicing, you can find him on Facebook. Reporting in Waterville, Nova Scotia for Swinomer Media, I'm Ian Swinomer, and thanks for watching. So, folks, uh, that's uh, just a, a brief uh, video clip there uh, Ian Swinomer had done, uh, which is great. Uh, it, it showcases what you are uh, initially fighting for, Darren, and over, obviously. Uh, and for those that uh, don't know a lot about the area, uh, as myself, I don't know much uh, entirely about it, but I follow you. I follow your, your videos online, Darren. Uh, strand the fishermen strand the fish uh it's uh it's a hashtag that's uh it's been going on twitter it's been it's been wide open uh uh welcome to the show again darren uh it's uh it's a few episodes later uh and we got you back and uh you're it's it's a hot button issue uh and uh we're going to talk about uh the issue at hand i'm going to touch base with many questions uh viewer engagement is welcome as well uh, Darren, uh, I'll, I'll be quite honest, Darren, the comments there, you're probably seeing them there. I know, uh, I do apologize to the viewers. We had a glitch there with the, the, the media, uh, interview, obviously, but, uh, the sound come back. So with that, uh, yeah, uh, Darren, a lot of people support what you're doing there. Uh, you're, you're trying to get things set back to, I guess, the way nature intended, uh, I'm just I'm trying to get the government to follow their own rules. Um, so this is bigger than just fish. So they made it bigger than fish by challenging me. 20 years I've been at this, and I've been very, very easy to get along with with this. Every once in a while, they'll kill so much that I'll come at them. And then this year, finally, they put out a new ministerial order because every other year we say, well, they always said that... Uh, the protocols weren't enforceable, so they used a should instead of a shall, or a shall instead of a should, or some something like that, the government said, so they didn't do their job, somebody in the past. So on the 14th of May, the DFO issued a, a really good ministerial order, finally, after two decades of, of me fighting this, and other people, not just me. And, because um, I'm not alone here, I might be sitting in my boat alone, the only reason I'm sitting in that boat alone is your RCMP, Last week, um, didn't want us to uh, protest any more than 10 people six feet apart. And I had a bit of a problem with that, but I didn't have a bit of a problem with the RCMP because um, the officers that I was dealing with were, were good men, and I, I respect them, and I deal with them a fair bit. So I, I didn't really like what they said because everybody else is protesting around this country, and I do realize it's because I'm a, you know, a big fisherman, you know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. a 300-pound fisherman, and... And I got a big mouth, and and uh, 
you know, there's different rules for fishermen than there is for everybody else, which is what this is always so about. You know, this is the, this is also about the fact that we're still socially acceptable. It's still society still can put us down. At one time, we were revered in this province. We're still the largest independent industry. We're still the largest exporter. Yet society um, is it's okay to, to step on our heads and faces that, you know, we're treated differently under the Fisheries Act. Even though the Fisheries Act is supposed to be fair across the board, and the rules are supposed to apply, they don't apply to Amera the same way they do to me. They don't apply to a new turbine company the, way, the same way they do to me. They don't apply to the province the same way they do to me. Or if you're a politician, they don't apply the same way as you do to me. And for a lot of fishermen, this is going to be a big, big topic across this country because I'm not the only one that feels this way because every fisherman feels the way I feel. You know, because we are treated different. DFO has no problem charging us. No problem charging a recreational fisherman. You know, there's, there's just no problem with that. In fact, they're out there right now chasing around the indigenous fishery. So and if you think about that, the indigenous fishery has rights, you know, moderate livelihood, sparrow, uh, marshal, and uh -huh. DFO officers are out there probably tonight chasing around Aboriginal fishermen. Whether you agree with it or not, it makes no difference. The fact of the matter is, they're out there chasing First Nations around tonight and commercial and recreational fishermen. Yet I call them and I write them every day in Windsor when I have a violation. I take live feed videos, which there's many DFO people on my live feeds, and they monitor me steady. They're monitoring this show tonight. There's no doubt in my mind. People oh, say, oh, that's foolishness. Well, that's not foolishness. I mean, you know, I get a phone call usually around 6 o'clock in the morning to see if I'm still out there, right? You know, or mm -hmm. what's going on or what are you going to do today sort of idea. At the end of the day, we have a set of rules, and everybody else in industry and government runs by another set of rules, and it's it's discriminatory. In fact, if I wasn't if I wasn't uh, if I wasn't you know white, it would be called racist. It fits it fits the it fits the description. If you look up the dictionary, what how they treat us in comparison to everybody? To, and sorry, in, in comparison to industry such as Amera or mm -hmm. the province, or another proponent, I guess they call them, not industry, a proponent, um, it literally fits racism. Mm -hmm. Right to the T, except for my, I'm not visually different. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. in the case of indigenous fishery, when they chase them down, when they're not chasing them down, it is racist. So if you want to go by definitions, I mean, they should be careful with this, because this can they're opening up in Windsor is far bigger than the Avon River. Mm -hmm. right? And that's the thing here, because I'm going to row every single fisherman up in this country i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna rile them up and i'm gonna have everybody i'm gonna show everybody every day i mean i've been in that water about 21 hours a day i have to come in to do my job because i also monitor with first nations so up in the upper bay of funding which you never hear about because nobody really talks about the good stuff anymore in the news and everything like that is first nations and our commercial fishery max my dog sorry Anyway, First Nation in my commercial in the commercial fishery, we work we work side by side. We're not fighting. Mm -hmm. We we we've resolved that problem because the, the power of, of sitting side by side and working together is extremely beneficial to First Nations and the commercial fishery and the recreational fishery. There's very little advantage to working against each other. And if we ever unite as a province, which is my end goal. So by the time I die, I want to unite the fisheries. That's my goal. So I'm coming. Like, I'm coming and I'm working on it. I'm leading by example. I work with First Nations on a constant basis. 
I work with recreational fishermen. I work with commercial fishermen. And I'll start my small part of the world. We got the federation now. Now we got seven or eight fisheries in it. And eventually I'm going to work down the coast. I'll work right around Nova Scotia the best of my abilities. And I treat the clamors the same as the scallopers, the same as the lobster fishermen. I don't care how much money you make. If you're if you're a clamor making eighteen thousand dollars, your hands and knees, I'll give you just as much respect as I'll give you if you have the best lobster license in Area Thirty Five. And that's the way it's got to happen because we're all fishermen. We have a, we have a, we have we have to protect our industry because they're trying to take it. Look, you know, let's go right straight down to the school systems. Mm-hmm. If you go to the school system, they, they, they give us kids a little test, say, what can you be when you grow up? Well, the only thing that's not there that I know of is a fisherman. I mean, they have a technician or some kind of technician, whatever, which ends up being somebody that digs ditches or mm-hmm. whatever. Like that. But we don't even have a fisherman. And, and our province is so dependent upon the fisheries. We pay the salaries of these government people. We're the largest independent industry and we're the largest exporter. Yet, right straight down to our school system, you know, they don't even show us up in that school system. In fact, two days ago, I got a really disturbing message from a, a viewer of mine where her son was doing a project and he did it on the value of the fishery. And the teacher was telling the son it's a dying industry. And, you know, it, it was it was basically being replaced. And mm-hmm. they, they give the kid a real hard time. And then she made the kid, this little kid, go get proof that the fishery was important. And he come back with the fact that it was the largest industry and the largest exporter. But she, 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 it's, that's, that's the mindset that our teachers have. My son come to me, well, my oldest son come to me 10 years ago when he went to school. And the teacher said to one of the students in the class said, well, if you're not going to get an education, you may as well work at the weir, right? Well, I own the weir. So my son was sitting in the room and this teacher said, if you're going to be a dummy, basically go work at the weir down in Bramber. Well, you know, I'm far from a dummy. I'm going to tell you something. I'm tired of being treated like this and every other fisherman's tired of being treated like this. And I don't care what anybody says. They say, oh, whatever. You know what? It's the fact that they treat us like this. And in Windsor, I'm showing everybody live and uncut every single day. Every single day. And what they don't get to see is I send official emails almost every day to the minister citing the violations, recording the violations, reporting the violations and asking for enforcement and nobody comes and i'm gathering evidence i've got i call them i joke around i call them ar-001 ar-002 i'm gathering what i call agents i got my own police force mm-hmm. so i i got my I even have a mother she's she's ar-002 you know what i mean and she's running around today she took pictures of lake levels all of chester road man i got i got I can't even tell you who they are because some people don't want anybody to know because they're, you know, some of them might even be government officials for all we know, right? Uh-huh. So I'm not telling, but I'll, I'll give my mom's number out. They're, anyway, they're always the best ones to have. I am, I am monitoring Amera on a daily basis. You understand me? I'm taking this into my own hands. I'm not like, you know, Moses Cody, a famous Nova Scotian, right? You know, I think he's from an Antigonist movement, but I think he's partly up in Cape Britain somewhere there too, him and another priest back in the 20s. I mean, he taught us 100 years ago, the fishermen and the farmers, to take our own destiny in our own hands. He put it in a paper called Master of Your Own Destiny, right? And I love Moses Cody's work. And um, he brought the fishermen together, made the co-ops, the credit unions. And eventually, we've lost all, all that stuff but within reason. We mm-hmm. need to get it back. We need to take control back of our lives. DFO is not going to look after us. The province most certainly isn't going to look after us. And we have the power to do that. And that's what I'm showing people. So the province, until DFO 
lays charges on the province and enforces this, I will continue this and I'll build the steam every single day. Now I'll calm the steam down if they do the right thing and I'll back back off. We'll go back into the rooms and we'll start talking with these projects. We'll make them better peacefully behind the scenes. But until the day they lay charges right now, section 34.2, I think it's G right now with maintenance flows. I have day after day after day of evidence that everybody's seeing that is easily chargeable to, for DFO to lay on the department of agriculture. And um, they're not doing it. And that's the easy one. The other ones are a little bit more complicated, but that one there would be satisfactory to me. Now I want them to get them for in the future for more, but that won't be enough to send the message. We're not doing this no more. We're going to show the fishermen that we actually respect them enough to keep the productivity of their stocks up. Cause in the fisheries act, the minister actually it's her responsibility to increase the response uh, productivity and she's not supposed to she's supposed to take into fact they're called factors basically and she's not supposed and, to supposed to look at cumulative effects and stuff and and she's not and you know what darren uh like there's a lot of fishermen recreational and whatnot that uh support you a hundred percent no doubt about it uh i i know See, me and you were kind of on the same playing field here. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think me and you discussed this before on uh, the previous podcast uh, where I had to deal with uh, Nova Scotia Power, Amira, at one point over a fish ladder that they owned. Uh, now, case in point, it's uh, it's a little it, – it has similarities, okay? So the similarities there are when we approach them and you have to go through all these hoops to find somebody, the right person in the, in that business to, to deal with the issue. And we were told time and time again, no, the fish ladder's not blocked. No, it's not this. No, it's not that. Uh, long story short, a GoPro on a stick uh, goes a long way for video because as soon as we said we had video that it was blocked, uh, and that we were going to go to the media, obviously, with, uh, with, with the issue at hand. There was, uh, th there was a lot of apprehension then from said industry. Oh, no, that's taboo. We don't want that in the media, blah, blah, blah. We'll address it. Well, they did address it. They did fix the issue. Uh, in the days after, they put up an eight-foot fence, no trespassing signs, and everything to keep people out, just so, so things can't be reporters for blockage the funny, the, 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 how i shouldn't say funny but the the mirror images of similarities are the fact that we too with an organization that i was with uh in cape breton went to dfo we went to dfo enforcement and we pretty much pleaded we said hey there's a lot to this if somebody owns a structure and it's blocked enforce the friggin rules unfortunately guess what darren we ended up in the same predicament that you're in there now that the fish can't go migrate and spawn and whatnot the whole nine yards so they thought that they were going to block us out unfortunately louder voices do prevail and there is some enforcement agents i will say from my personal dealings that uh will speak up but again they're limited on what they can for repercussions obviously and uh i do respect them uh but hindsight's 2020 they speak up nobody wants to listen 
It just takes one of them to say, hey, it's in the dam act. I'm going to put the charge out. What the Crown does from there, bang. Some of these enforcement officials have to enforce the act. Stop looking at these dam policies. I don't care if it's Nova Scotia agriculture or if it's fisheries uh, provincially or if it's federally. They got to stop looking at policy. Policy is not written in stone law, which which a lot of people forget when they work for government. They automatically drive policy. All these policy writers hate me because I call a spade a spade. Your policy isn't worth the paper it's written on unless it reflects a mirror image of the law. That is the law, unfortunately. A lot of people don't understand that, that you have the regulations, well, then you have the act, and you have others that are are law written in stone. Everybody wants to go ahead and accept policy. Well, policy is is a guideline. It's, it's, it's a directive, but it's not law. So therefore, they have to enforce what is there, obviously. And there's a big disconnect there, even with the enforcement officials, uh, people within the hierarchies of DFO, obviously, because they like to push their own agendas and their own narratives. Uh, and, and I must say, their, their wordsmiths are pretty good at bending the rules yes. on, on wording, and you know that as well as I do, Darren. No, and, uh, yeah, well, that's exactly but you said you said a whole bunch of things. I wish you remember everything there. But um, the biggest thing is what people don't realize is DFO no longer manages the fisheries. See, I'm a little bit. I think you're you're ahead of me in like foy pop, and you're ahead of me in the technical stuff. But what I've realized, what's most dangerous to DFO about me, is that I understand them. I've studied them for years. That's just like I studied the Mi'kmaq, and the Mi'kmaq studied me, and I sat with one one gentleman that's Mi'kmaq for, I'd say, two thousand hours, easy. And, uh, I mean, I studied them full, wholeheartedly. I, I sat with the, the universities for years. And mm -hmm. the uh, biggest compliment I ever got in my life was from the dean of biology when I was taking them on for tidal power. And when they got frustrated with me, and then they started liking me after a while, you know, after they got mad at me for years, is we grossly underestimated you. Um, I have a gift of memory. So it's like a, my mind is, um, I can look at a piece of uh, uh, somebody's writing. I can tell you what they're really saying. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just have this 3D gift where my mind's a bit different than everybody else's where I can pull the real message of the piece of paper. I can sit in the room and listen and I can, I can retain it all. Um, it, it's just a bit different. But anyways, what people haven't realized yet is DFO doesn't manage the fisheries. DFO manages fishermen, whether that be recreational, commercial, or Aboriginal. And the implications of that are huge because um, if you think about that, is especially with the First Nations, if they ever really figure this out, that DFO is just managing them, that's going to explode. When they actually feel, realize the power they truly have that they're not really exercising yet, DFO and the government of Canada is, is really, truly... Um, you know, going to have to do some backpelling. But, mm -hmm. you know, most people just haven't really figured out yet that DFO doesn't manage the fisheries. And, and really, it's not that hard to figure out. They don't treat Amera the same as us. They don't treat Nova Scotia government and the Causeway the same as us. They don't treat TIR the same as us. And when they're a proponent for culverts and all this stuff every day, they give them little tiny pieces that they can fix at once and say, well, we don't want to make them fix too much and, you know, whatever. But they don't, But at the same time, they don't give fishermen that chance. Well, there's two different sets of rules because they don't manage the fishery. They manage mm -hmm. fishermen. And I can't say that enough because it's the truth. And, and, and excuse me? 
and uh, I know I have uh, a, a video or a, a photo here of uh, of an email, obviously, Darren, and uh, means we're touching on that aspect. I think it's fitting that I uh, that I open that up. Uh, bear with me here one second. Keep continue talking while I open that up, Darren. Yeah. So, like you said, something about America putting the fence up. So all they'll do to fix this problem is they'll make sure they remove me from Windsor. Mm -hmm. so and I chose to protest the way I did. I'm not alone. I'm far from alone, actually. But I chose to sit in my boat alone. I got my employees off the boat, my fellow workers off the boat. And I sat there in the rain. And, and I come in tonight because I had to sign papers for something I'm doing with due to this. And I had to do a few things like that. I need the doctor to check me. They just left before this because I'm going on a hunger strike right now. I'm sending a message. I'm, I'm turning the heat up on a daily basis, brother. So at the end of the day, I will not stop. So every day that the minister doesn't, do her job and every day they allow nova scotia agriculture to continuously break that fisheries act in front of the faces of what twenty thousand viewers on my facebook that tagged on some of them videos right there's five thousand people or whatever i'm close to that on my facebook or four thousand or something but then there's like twenty thousand views on some of the some of the things i did this week that's in the face of everybody because i'm actually i don't actually tell the people how long the gates were open i sit there every day when they open you, them for you show them I show them and I get them to count. See, it's ingenious, to be honest with you, because I'm not telling them what's going on. They're telling me, but I'm showing them through the lens of my camera. So I'm getting them to count every day. I'm showing them the ministerial order that I walked away for four hours and I didn't say anything about it. So then they started reading it, studying it, and looking up 30, section 34. They started looking up section 34 A, B, C, D, and they started educating themselves because that's what Moses Cody did. Moses Cody taught the, the fishermen and the farmers to burn their candle when they're done work at night. And it's your job to be take care of, you're the master of your own destiny. And if you don't go home and you don't study and you don't learn after your job is done in the field or on the boat, you will always be a lamb. And I am no lamb and I never will be. So I'm going to run off that, uh, that info there, Darren, that you see on the screen there. Fish mortality, May 28, 2020. On, uh, on April 22nd, 2020, following this, uh, discussions with DFO, the Nova Scotia Department of Agriculture began to operate the Avalon River Abateau at full openings on outgoing tides and closed on the incoming tide to maximize fish passage on the oh, Avalon River. And that is the truth. that's a true statement. That's where the truth lies right there. That's the protocols. So I gave you the protocols issued by the minister that they redid this year. And they're, they're actually a, a darn fine piece of legislation or not legislation. It's a damn fine order. So whoever crafted that order at DFO actually gave a shit. I'll say and, that. And, and you know what? That's that's great to hear. Uh, on May 28, 2020, the Nova Scotia Department of Agriculture contacted DFO about an incident uh, of fish mortality above the Highway 1 Avalon River Bridge. All right. Fish now, appeared to have become trapped. Let me tell you about that. Go ahead. Now, that one's interesting, okay? So, you have the Department of Agriculture that sits in a green box on the 101 reporting mm -hmm. in Windsor, right? On the other mm -hmm. side, where they can't see. And the run-up to that is what you should understand right here is the run-up to that fish kill. So, on Sunday night, uh, Monday morning, so yeah, I think it was Sunday night, I got it all wrote down. 
um, I was talking to North Scotia Power because I was trying to figure out what day we could get in to do the study because they were drawing a lake down to maximize fish passage. Finally, they finally were putting in the most fish I've ever seen in my life this year. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't free flow of fish for the whole tide cycle. Mm-hmm. It was limited fish passage, but it was the best I've ever seen. And the, and the DFO actually, after me fighting them two decades, finally did a good job. So then with this, um, I called North Scotia Power. And they said, well, I said, we want to do, we want to monitor the lake on Wednesday and we want to monitor the lake on Sunday. And we're going to be spilling water because North Scotia Power above the causeway has a license that only two left exist. One is Rec Cole, but by you. Mm-hmm. And, and the other one is the Avon 1 and Avon 2 out to Chester Road. And they're 50 year old licenses and they're horrible. They're atrocious. They, they can literally turn the river off. They can, they can actually turn the river off in their license. Basically it's, it's, it's just a terrible, terrible license that should have been dealt with long ago, but it wasn't. And it's up in 2012. Actually, you guys should be watching Rec Cole actually in your area. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, um, I talked to the operator, the guy in charge of all the operations. And he said, now nah, he goes, we're going to be generating on Tuesday until four. And then basically they turn the river off and Windsor won't get no water, you know, which is just screwed. I mean, you can't even believe this is possible in, in 2020 in our new fisheries act, honestly, but that's the way it is anyway. So, um, I was like, okay. And he's, he's going to run an and one a bit, he said, which is a smaller generator or whatever. They can run into different, whatever. So I don't know how that, you know, whatever he's going to let run no flow basically because a very rich person in our community wanted to put a, rip, a wharf in, um, and, Nova Scotia Power, or sorry, NSDA requested that he hold back the water. So on the 14th of June, when the ministerial order that you have in your possession there stated that the protocols would be done unless within reason, it says they're going to be done. The politicians wanted to fill the lake so they could see the water in the lake. So the NSDA requested Nova Scotia Power re- hold back that water. And I'm like, Tim, I wish it started the guy's name. I said, listen, I said, we have the largest, we have a large fish run coming through right now. It's the first quarter moon. We're seeing them in our study in the river. They're, it's, it's, they're just stacking up. It was our catch per, per, uh, it's called QPUE, a mm-hmm. catch per effort was 400 fish in 80 feet of net an hour. That's huge catch. You know, that's, that's, that's massive amounts of gas bro piling up outside them gates. So anyways, I said, you know, and it's going to be 20, 30 degrees, the forecast. I said, you're going to kill them fish. And that was that was three days before the fish kill. And he goes, yeah, I'm concerned. He said, I'm concerned, right? And I'm like, okay. So then I wrote DFO Monday morning. And I wrote DFO and I said, why are you allowing them to hold this water back? You know, basically, right? Why are you allowing this? I mean, these fish are going to get killed. So I called this fish kill, this great big first one inside. So you got to remember, NSDA... Asked them to hold the water back. And then NSDA is now reporting this fish kill. They knew they were going to kill the fish too. They knew that they were going to die. 28 degrees. We did a temperature. So the Mi'kmaq took the temperature outside the causeway. It was 20 degrees that day. That was really warm outside in the salt water. That was super warm in Windsor. Inside, mm-hmm. 26 degrees an hour and a half after that kill. Then we called DFO. And of course, DFO wouldn't come. And and survey that kill. And that's a tactic they use all the time. So if they don't come actually write the kill down, they won't take a secondary source. And they actually stated that to the First Nations, believe it or not, to a First Nation representative, they actually stated 
that we can't take your um, account or your evidence of that kill with secondary whatever. So it had to be an officer do it under certain protocols. Yet they wouldn't show up. And now then they blame COVID for not showing up. Yet they're out there chasing the elder, uh, First Nation elder um, fishermen. I'm not saying I don't agree with that, that, that fishery. I don't agree with that fishery. But at the same time, they're out there chasing down rights holders, yet they won't show up to count the dead fish in Windsor. But there's a reason they don't show up, is my point, I guess, is that literally, if they don't show up, there is no official record of this death, and nobody can ever argue how many fish were killed. And that is a constant tactic by our government. Now, with a fisherman, we have to record all of our death. Mm-hmm. But America doesn't have to record all of his death. Legally, it does. But they're all, when, if you even go into the... Uh, when they were fighting over the Fisheries Act and they took all the proponents up there, uh, the, the National Energy Board used Jay Wamsley, her name was, from uh, Maryland, and she's now retired. And I consider her my worthiest adversary of all time in a room. Mm-hmm. Brilliant woman. Ruthless when it comes to fish, but brilliant. Anyways, um, she, you can go in there, and it's right in the public record that she says, we find it, National Energy Board, onerous or onerous or whatever they call that word to count these fish in other words it's too laborious for them to go count these fish we don't want to count them the real reason they don't want to count them is because if they don't ever write them down it never happens because a fish is not real in the government unless it's on paper and a computer so us to a fisherman a fish is real when it's in our hands but to the government it's real when it's when it's on paper in fact most DFO people have never seen fish. And that's hard to believe, but it's true. And they're something they don't even know what it looks like. And you know what, Darren? Like, uh, I'll, I'll continue on touching on this uh, this document here that we have in front of me now, up on the screen. But I do want to revert back there to uh, if I know, like, if if it, there was anything there with Joe Q. Public, a citizen. Uh, uh, fishing or or anything, they're they're quick to put a charge and uh, 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 restitution costs on that citizen for, uh, for say I don't know say you drove a quad through a lake and they caught you and there's an oil spill yet well you're on the hook for that huge cleanup and uh, uh, fish kill they'll put a financial dollar on it this here I haven't heard anything on financial dollars. Mainstream media is pretty vague on what they report, obviously, most times. Uh, you can put two and two together. Uh, yeah. Hey, newspapers need articles uh, sold in order to make money. You always got to look at who funds them. Yeah. CBC, so, CBC Global. I mean, so it's it's just know. one hand pad in the other hand, right? Uh, in, in the media, mainstream media controls a lot of what is said, obviously. Uh, here, it's uh, it's anything goes, obviously. Uh, well, I'll, I'll continue on here, Darren, and you can stop me at any point. Uh, the fish appeared to have become trapped in the channels of the river due to low water conditions and likely died as a result of warm temperatures and low oxygen. However, DFO continues to examine the causes. Now, you've no, proven it in one video there that it looked like tomato soup. It was that thick with that was uh, the other uh, side. So they're, they're, the kill they're talking about is the kill on the freshwater side. Gotcha. Or what they call the freshwater, the upstream side, I'll call it. Of the river. 
Gotcha. So that kill right there, that's a true statement in words, but it makes you lead, lead you to believe it was because the lake was drawn down. See, the guy that wrote this is a wizard, right? He's a director, I assume, who wrote this, right? So I don't have a name of who wrote this, but I can, I can read the writing here. And um, honestly, it's the wizard, as far as I'm concerned. And this man can spit media lines out. I'm standing up. He's actually that good. Like, he doesn't have to sit there on a table and, and do this. He can actually recite media lines on any topic as fast as I can, you can imagine. But what he did there was he directed you to make you believe the fish kill because of the protocols that DFO put in place. Right? So that's how good this man is. He can make you believe that. That's what happened. What happened is, is they held the water back for the lake, for the politicians. And at the end of the day, they're not going to want to admit that, but they got me outside, and I'm a little bit of a different than a normal person. And, uh, you know, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Now, it says, in order to mitigate any further mortality, Nova Scotia Department of Agriculture, with agreement from DFO, began operation of the tidal gates to fill Lake... Uh, I, I, I don't even... It's a Mi'kmaq word for junction of rivers. Gotcha. Uh, to uh, approximately three to four feet deep to mitigate the potential for fish to be trapped in these channels. See what he, see what he did the again? Title. See, now you go back to that. See what he did again? He went and, and blamed DFO for imp and the Minister of Fisheries and Oceans for, for telling them how dare them change their protocols. And he put the blame on the Fisheries and Oceans which did an excellent job, honestly, of the protocols. And he put the blame on them once again in that statement. If you read it closely, he's blaming the lowering of the lake for killing the fish. Because this is all about maintaining the lake. So I'll tell you how that works. Years ago, they said it was for the farmers. And I, you know, dealt with that because I know all the farmers. I went to school with them. I don't want to fight with them, right? And I, I respect them because they're, in all honesty, the difference between farming and fishing is very, very small. We both work with our hands. We're both underappreciated. We both contribute real dollars to the economy, not fake dollars. We, we pull that dollar of the ground or the sea. Anyways, so I consider us fairly close that way. So I try not to piss on them too much, but they had no problem pissing on me. So they lobbied last year and they used the farmers anyway for excuse to maintain the lake because they give the cattle a fence. And to give the cattle a drinking source, which is illegal. But I never said that in public until this week. For 20 years, I've known that's illegal. Under the Fisheries Act, it's illegal. And under the Nova Scotia Environment Act, it's illegal. So until uh, the representative come on to me this week, and I had to, I drove my feet in the ground, and I said, no more. No, no, no. This is illegal, what you're doing. And I shot him right up. He's, he's done talking. Because mm -hmm. He never thought I'd do it. But you know what? At the end of the day, they use that for an excuse. Then they use the canoe club for an excuse. They wanted to paddle their canoes. And then they use the fire hydrants for an excuse. And all they're doing is changing excuses. So when I took the farmers out there a couple months ago, in a way behind the scenes, I didn't take them out. I didn't do it malicely. But I told DFO and Nova Scotia Agriculture, stop using the farmers for an excuse because it's an illegal activity and the government is, is supporting that. And I said, that is something you will not be able to get away with for much longer. And they agreed. So they switched it over to... Well, we want to maintain habitat. So that was two weeks ago, whatever, three weeks ago. And then they let salt water in on top of the habitat they supposedly were supposed to be maintaining. So I'm like, that's some serious bullshit right there. 
I mean, I'm glad you let salt water in, but you just erased your habitat, you know, uh, argument. Then they went from that to the fish kill. So mm-hmm. this is purposely done. They held the water back. They killed the fish. Then they used the fish to for a narrative to blame DFO's order, saying that they killed the fish. But they DFO didn't kill the fish. They killed the fish by holding the water back, not the fact that DFO lowered the system to a natural level because a river flows naturally. So like when a normal river flows, Windsor's different because they cut the water off in Windsor. So literally they shut that river off completely. There is no other place besides Rack Cove and Chester Road. They can do that. But the Windsor Causeway, it was done this morning. I videotaped it and showed everybody, right? It was done not yesterday morning, not last night, but the two ties before that. They literally shut that river off and they left all those fish in that seven, eight kilometers of channel before mm-hmm. the low tide mark. Because that's how long it is before low tide going down river when it drains into Windsor. They left them all to die in the soup. Now, some of them probably survived in the odd hole, but a lot of them die every single day. And, and, and you can't get an accurate count when it's like that anyway, Darren, because... Uh, you get to do count them. So it wouldn't matter how... It doesn't matter how... We count them all the time. So it wouldn't matter how many we count, they don't recognize it as an official count unless they come count them. But I write them every morning and they won't come. See what's and, happening? And, and I see what's happening there. I'm going to finish off the last two paragraphs there, Darren, because I got a, a pile of yeah. questions to ask here for the show on behalf of the show as well. So the tidal gates will continue to be open during each of the incoming and outgoing tides to allow for fish passage. DFO staff had visited the site and have reported fish are passing through the structure and continue to reach upstream areas of the Avalon River. Okay. Now, what happened that day is a guy from FPP, which is Fisheries Protection Program, I was videotaping it when he came, and I, I kept him under the video to respect so people don't see who he is, they don't start lipping it when they see him, because these aren't bad men, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And people, these people have a job and they're told what to do. And I wish they'd stand up the same as you, but I don't blame them all wholly. I blame them a little bit though, but not completely. Anyways, he shows up and they do the best job that I've seen them ever do. It's actually the best fish passage I've seen them do with that protocol. And the fish did come in and they did a good job. They sent actually sent the Slindy so far up the river that the people that <laughs> squawking about blocking the fish off by, by saying raise the lake. They started squawking about them letting the fucking the water go all the way up the river. So then they cut that back again and stopped letting it back up. I mean, the day he was standing there, visually looking at it, which is not academically sound, I'll tell you that right now, right? If you can't just visually stand there and do a fish count with your eyes, I mean, you'd have to be some some human to be able to do that. We have to get in the water with gear and start selecting them, time it, record it properly. Uh, your data entry, everything should be done. Just stand there and look at it. Yes, the fish did come in. We could see them. He was standing right beside me. But they manipulated that. And then the night, they blocked it off again. So as soon as he left, the one time he was there, he was there because they knew I was there. And they wanted to show their presence so that they could document their presence once. That's what happened. They actually, they, they were everywhere that day. That's the only day, but they never, most of them didn't get out of their truck besides one. And they didn't count fish uh, academically at all. Gotcha. I'm just uh, uploading some of the viewer comments here. Uh, one, come and support 
uh, Darren Porter tomorrow at five at the Windsor uh, Causeway by honking your horn or stopping by and say hi. That was uh, one comment there. Uh, somebody else said, I thought Darren called that off. Uh, no, no, that's I'm out there. I'm still protesting by myself. The RCMP had problems with me protesting um, at first, and they didn't want any more than 10 people, even though Justin Trudeau's taking a knee in Ottawa, but he saw everybody, and, and uh, there's protests in Cade University, thousands of people, and there's protests in Halifax. There was a problem with me assembling people. Once again, I'm a fisherman. So I respect the RCMP, and I let it go, and then I wrote them again yesterday, and they told me to put together a plan. So I did, and I put together a really professional plan. I actually had professionals put together the plan for me because I have a whole bunch of people behind me. So all I got to do is say, can you do this for me? And it was done. They even acknowledged how well it was done, but they added so many questions to it. There's no way I could answer them by tomorrow. But instead of me saying to them, I just said, thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, it's too much for me to finish in time to have this back in and me feel good about be feel good about the fact that I can believe in everything I tell you. And I had a few people that were influential, tied politicians, um, very disruptive last night, um, three in fact. And I figured they might cause a scene. So at the end of the day, instead of them on the opposite side of this issue, there's only three. But at the same time, those three people can make my message go away in a bad way. If they get in there and act like they're protesters and they cause a scene, which I believe they would have because of the way they were coming on to me. Um, I think they were going to do something. So I didn't feel comfortable. I don't want to fight with the RCMP. I don't have a beef with the RCMP. I don't have a beef with fisheries officers, except for the fact you don't enforce the law for somebody else besides us. But um, I just called it off because it's going to take away from my message. So I'll sit in that hole at low tide. It's a hole. Nobody can see me down there neither. So you really can't see me. So that's symbolic too, because I'm not looking for media attention. I only get people to come to me. So CBC, CTV, whatever. I have their contact numbers. I have the Heralds. I'm in the Herald almost every week with other issues. I haven't called the Herald to do a story on this. Mm -hmm. I haven't called the other ones because you know what? I don't care. At the end of the day, the citizens of Windsor all know them in that hole. The citizens of West Hans all know them in that hole. The government all know them down there in that hole. I was down there last 24 hours, basically, and I was getting poured on, rained on, and I'm in an open boat. I don't even have a chair in my boat. I sit on a metal rail because I don't want the comfort. Everybody's like, you got to take care. I sit there because the fish are uncomfortable. I'm going to be uncomfortable. And that's my message. My message is the fish are wet. I'm going to be wet. Right? You know, you understand me? So it's a, it's a symbolic gesture that I'm going to be uncomfortable in that hole with those fish. Period. Which is pretty strong when it goes across the country. So, Darren, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. I run through the viewer comments, obviously. There was almost 30 there. Uh, that uh, I, I blasted up here on the page, obviously, and more are rolling in as we go through. Uh, so we touched on the issues with the passage, and it's not being protocols aren't being adhered to in the act, the Fisheries Act, obviously. Uh, uh, I know, Darren, with, with all that, uh, a number of people are going to ask the question if they haven't already asked a question is in in the suspension. In the count that you guys have done, uh, what species of fish are affected uh, by the closure of gates? Uh, is it uh, trout? Is it just specific gasparo? Is it sea run uh, 
uh, trout? Is it uh, is it uh, uh, stripers? What what species have you seen that have been hurdled by the gates? Right. So the cool question. I'll just make it sorry, but make this a little bit longer. But years ago, I sat down with a First Nation friend of mine and another First Nation friend of mine, and we were talking with the fish how we're going to change things. And we come up with this idea, which follows along two I'd seen, but it also we call it third eyed science at the time. So we started collecting the data. I commissioned my own weir study. We got 49 species. 49 species in one season. It cost $300,000 to do that study. <laughs> we counted everything. We, and 49 species in one year. I published that study. It's on ResearchGate. People can go look at it. So, and then we put together studies with the Mingamaw Commercial Fisheries, Katy University, Ordal, and we've counted dozens and dozens of studies. We tagged sturgeon, we tagged striped bass, tomcod, we tagged uh, American shad, skates. This, this affects a lot of species, but it doesn't really, in some ways, the question is, is that we have a new fisheries act, or the, sort of the answer is we have a new fisheries act that protects all species, right? That, so, um, that, that's true, but, but, but in this case, it isn't being administered. No as the new act uh, obviously dfo is is still utilizing and i do have that up here uh and i i will bring that on here in a second there uh the the act obviously for for that uh uh where's that uh da, 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 right here the modernized fishing act obviously and it's it, it's funny we touch on that here now because that is uh is going to be in play but uh like if we look at the befores and that uh there's a lot of stuff, Darren. That's it seems like the after the new, the new act that DFO has put out, they aren't adhering to even the guidelines and the the no, they're not. See, that's, that's where the policy thing comes in that you talk about. Policy's garbage. I won't even talk policy. I'm at the place where you are. Policy is mm -hmm. something that politicians teach the managers to spew to the public. Okay, mm -hmm. it's what really the liberal or the conservative government's wills and wishes. It's not law. The act. And the regulations are the law. So I won't even I don't even care about the policy. I don't even want to talk about it, right? You know what I mean? Same as mm -hmm. you said earlier. No, it, it's garbage. It's just a political politics should not be in the Fisheries Act. And that's just mm -hmm. the way it is. So right now, for instance, in my opinion, the guy that wrote that letter probably his name was Kevin Beckers for he's a director for agriculture Nova Scotia. In my opinion, he's at a huge conflict of interest intervening in this situation because he's the arm of the politics. Mm -hmm. He's the director. A director is a political arm. You know what I mean? And to be involved in the situation, it's I believe it's a serious conflict of interest. Personally, that's my opinion, though. And we'll someday maybe we'll find out what the judge says about this, right? And but at the end of the day, what are we do we have politicians into this fisheries act for from the province and from the feds? I mean, uh, the best person I ever heard put it was Graham Steele. He was a finance minister for the NDP. He wrote a book called The Effective Citizen. And everybody watching this should buy that book. As he coins, he tells you how to be effective protester and stuff like that. And I got some good parts of it. My favorite part was, is he coined a phrase. He says, in our di today's world, is we make a lot of decision-based evidence. He does, we do, instead of making science-based decisions. And what that means is, a science-based decision is what you do with facts. So he you know, you go out and collect the science and some government, you send it up to the government and say, well, this is what the science says. And the government does the right thing. That's mm -hmm. very rarely used today under this government or the last government. 
So now what they do is the politician, say in Windsor, he makes a decision. I want a lake and I don't want no salt water. And that's been his decision. It's been his stance. He's, he sent emails out to everybody, status quo, no salt water entry and we want a lake. And that's just where he is. He will not change his stance. And he's ordered public funds to be millions and millions and millions of dollars to be spent to get his viewpoint, which is to have freshwater lake and no salt water. Decision-based evidence manufacturing. He's hired engineer firms. He's hired all these people with public dollars to make his vision come true, contrary to the Fisheries Act. Okay? That is absolute. That is so wrong, it's unbelievable. So that's what's really going on here, is decision-based evidence manufacturing. And that's almost in everything that we see today. Um, there's very little evidence-based decision done making anymore. We have the evidence, actually. The Mi'kmaq actually have the most data, and I have it in my possession, and uh, the most data on the system, academically recorded by their people, that are trained through universities and everything else. So that's their job to collect data. They go on my boat, they collect the information, it's uploaded into computers every day and put into a cloud where DFO can access it or not. We don't have a requirement until the end of the year to do it, but we have been sending it pretty much on a daily basis. So we have the data in our possession. So if it was a decision-based evidence menu. If it was an evidence-based decision process, they would be asking the Mi'kmaq, well, what do we do? Because the Mi'kmaq are the ones with the information. Uh -huh. But they're not asking the Mi'kmaq, what do we do? They're telling the Mi'kmaq what they've done. See, that, See this is the problem. What's going to happen here, this can is going to open. And right now, by not charging Nova Scotia Power and letting them take control of that ministerial order, and that's what they've done, is let them take control of it and give them back the reins that they've had for 49 and a half years, they only lost them for two weeks. Two weeks is all they lost the reins for. And then they gave it back to them out of fear because, once again, the crafty people in Nova Scotia, the Department of Agriculture, created a situation that scared the federal government. They gave them back the reins. That, to me, it's all decision-based evidence manufacturing. If they wanted to do an evidence-based decision process, they would go to the Mi'kmaq basically simply and say, What's your data say? What do we do? Because we have all the data. We have the data for the down, the down, when they drew the, drew the water down. We have the data when the little gate openings are open, the long gate openings. We have it all, but they don't ask for it. They don't and, look at it. And Darren, I've got the, the act up here, and there's a few things there in the new Fisheries Act, which is law, not policy, which is law. Okay. That I want to, because there's a lot of viewer comments coming in there. How does the new act? help or whatever or how can it help well first off uh protection of all fish and fish habitat the uh, is new in uh, the new act that uh, that came out under what's called the modernized fishing uh act obviously and uh what uh what else is there is the protection against uh the death of fish other uh than other by fishing, fishing. And the harmful uh, uh, alteration and disruption or destruction of fish habitat. Exactly. So th th there's a couple of things here, but I also, Darren, uh, if I roll down through, uh, under the old act, lack of transparency regarding authorization decisions for project, 
no requirement to publicly release information on these decisions. Uh, under the new act, there the requirement to publicly release information on project decisions throughout an online registry. Well, I just want to chime in on that one because that one there really jumps out at me, Darren. And just bear with me here one second. My uh, my cord came loose here, but uh, but uh, yeah, that one there really irks me because most times like the government isn't transparent no matter what they'll give you tidbits of information to make you happy obviously so that at the federal level you have to do what's called an a tip and uh, whatnot and then you got to go through the lengthy process it's 30 days they can ask for another 30 day extension another uh never do a damn appeal because they're so backlogged, it's not worth it. It's worth 160 bucks to take it to court and get the information that they black out unredacted if a judge says it meets that requirement. Uh, so although there's there has been some changes, it's it, it, it's it's like a muse, uh, somebody playing with magic. A sleight of hand, right? Uh, only thing is here they're using uh, wordsmithing or. Uh, change of play on words to uh, benefit things. Well, I mean, that's where all these new employees are. These are all people to manipulate the public. Like These are wordsmiths. They're literally professional um, wordsmiths. And, and they can they can write something, and they make everybody believe everything's peachy and cool when they're actually not saying that. I mean, they never really, very rarely tell the truth. And it's just, that to me, it's a gross situation. The longer this goes on, the more time I have the scream to the public and uh, the worst is going to be for them at the end i mean because they don't have to shut me up all they have to do is provide fish passage to the best of their abilities and that is not too much to ask for so if i'm just asking for them to do their best with the structure they have and do it scientifically not by some politicians wishes and ones i can't lose in the public as long as i don't you know make a mistake protesting in the wrong way you know what I mean? As long as I don't do that and I follow and, all the rules and laws myself, I don't break no laws, they can't beat me. See, I'm in a position of power right now. They cannot beat me because I will not break those rules. I will not break those laws that they're allowing everybody else to get away with. And, and I will let them dig their own hole. And every day that goes by, their hole gets dug deeper and deeper. And, and Darren, I, I got a few other questions here that I have tailored up myself to ask, obviously, uh, while we were talking earlier there. Uh, uh, question, how long has the gate system been operating and why is it an issue for those that uh, may not understand the process, obviously? Now, we've seen the fish kill, obviously, that took place. Uh, and in, in this... I know you mentioned there the uh, Department of Agriculture plays into this as well as a mirror or NSP, uh, whatever we wish to call them. Uh, it's it's kind of a it's it's a conglomerate, I guess, of a, a number of different departments, but more so uh, DFO not taking a stance as per what they have to do under the Act uh, that they're neglecting to do, obviously. Uh, where, like, how long has the gate system been operating? I know you mentioned there close to almost somewhere around 50 years. I can't remember the exact date 1971, 72, or something like that. So, uh, so, so before you been became yeah. so vocal on the issue, oh, yeah, this, but this, these operators operated differently. And when it started, it was never supposed to be a reservoir or lake, it was run as a river. 
So what people, I guess, you got to get in your mind every time I try to explain this is you you picture a river, a major river that you go fishing in your backyard. I'm not talking about a brook, I'm talking about a river, or even a brook, really. And can you imagine somebody coming in and completely turning that off somewhere? What happens in life below it? So you cut it off and you let the water build up behind it and put a dam in. And then you, for, for so many, and you don't let a little bit down. So most dams, besides Rec Cove, and Rec Cove, most days would have it, they they have a maintenance flow or a tracking flow, it's called. And they allow water to spill for the fish downstream to stay alive. Well, in Windsor, that's not the case. They literally turn that system completely off. And Avon River is a very, very big river, right? So, I mean, if you look at the end of the Minus Basin, if people don't know where it is, there's two big sister rivers. There's a whole bunch of rivers, but there's two big ones. One's the Shubanakee River, which everybody knows usually. Mm-hmm. Shubanakee Rafting, um, you know, it's a, it's a big, well-known river, but by Truel and Shubanakee and, and Stuyak. And then you have the Avon up by Windsor, which is the big sister river to the Shuby at the other end of the Bay of Minus Basin, the very end of the Bay of Fundy. So, this is a massive river, and they've cut it completely off some days. Some days they let some maintenance flow out, some days they don't. But can you imagine, I can't think of anywhere else in our country where a river this size is literally chopped off, you know, for six hours at a time, you know, five, 10, 15 times a week. I mean, it's, it's atrocious. I mean, it shouldn't happen. In the first place, so I'm fighting for maintenance flows is what I'm fighting for. At least keep them alive until you come up with the rest of the stuff. I mean, don't keep killing them every day. Like, at least mm-hmm. keep these fish alive. Is that too much to ask for? I mean, you know, she has a responsibility to the productivity of her ecosystem and our fishery. That's right in the factor she must consider. She has she has a fiducial, a, a fiducial duty or whatever to First Nations. She She's, you know, there, there's like factor A, I think, and D, or maybe... I can't remember, A and F, under her factors she must consider is Mi'kmaq knowledge. That's right in the factors the minister must consider. That's not a should consider. That's not a whatever consider. I believe it says must, and that's a very powerful legal word. So she's, and, and of course, well, where are they at? Are, why are they not calling the Mi'kmaq chiefs and saying, listen, instead of calling Kevin Beckers and saying, what's out there for fish? Because you know where Kevin Beckers gets his information on fish? He's not running around looking at fish. He has a recreational fisherman out there running around for his gatekeeper. So all the evidence the Nova Scotia government's collecting right now is collected by Mr. Lake. I know who he's. I know who's collecting their evidence. He's and, a great. And, man. He's a good fisherman. Darren, Darren you touched on uh, the Indigenous First Nations, the Mi'kmaq. Uh, uh, under what's new under the New Fisheries Act, it says uh, provide uh, provides for strengthening the role of Indigenous people in project reviews, monitoring and policy development as part of the early steps to advance reconciliation. Exactly. Now, that's that seems like a failure in itself right it there. It is. Because, because it's black and white, and I have it highlighted here. Like, like DFO is doing so much. And now, Darren, I'm outside the box. I'm not a media organization, obviously. We're doing a podcast here because this is, this is a hot-button topic, and you've got a lot there. Uh, like it's like, it doesn't, uh, like even here, it says creates new fisheries management tools to enhance the protection of fish and ecosystems. Exactly. Well, well, how is any of what you're talking about there? That's my point. 
and and like we can preach COVID all day, right? That's just a cop out as far well, as I'm I mean, look at look at look at look at. I mean, they charge fishermen in the river I'm fishing in this year, and they had no problem doing it during COVID. They've charged recreational fishermen. Matter of fact, there's one the other morning they almost charged. He called me up. He said he mentioned my name, and they took off. That's funny because they said, "Well, why aren't you fixing Windsor out here harassing, harassing me?" Right? So I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're out there harassing fishermen during COVID. And I'm not saying I shouldn't say that. Well, that's actually wrong. I'm not saying harassing. That's that's wrong because I do respect these officers. And I got to be careful with that because they're 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 good men. I don't know a bad officer anymore. I used to know a few bad ones, but I don't mm-hmm. know a bad officer anymore. So I should be careful. They have marching orders from management. At the end of the day, the politicians tell them what they can and can't do, and that is wrong. Their policy is wrong. It's not legally binding. And in all honesty, I think there should be some repercussions for that. We should be able to charge our politicians, and maybe we can. Because if a politician steps in to break the laws of Canada, why shouldn't we be charging them? And that's what we're looking at with uh, some lawyers right now. Um, I shouldn't talk about this too much. But, no, uh, no, no, it's. Uh, but let, leave, leave that out because there's no yeah. there's no point uh, loosening yeah. what your bottom line is, right? No, so, right. So some things, uh, we don't, some things we're trying to keep a little bit quiet. Yeah. So anyway, uh, just uh, just stuff like that. Uh, you've got legal involved. That's as far as I would go with that, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I want to point out something else, Darren. Here, it promotes restoration of degraded habitat and rebuilding of depleted fish stocks. Well, if that keeps up, it's 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 not going to help depleted fish stocks any if there's any species. And this rolls into my next question: Are there any fish in the system affected that are on the uh, Sarah list, uh, inner bay of funny salmon, but see, they're crafty about that one too. If, if so, why is DFO not enforcing the fisheries act? Like it's a total failure. They're crafty. They have their wordsmiths and they have their little political shits. Right. And what they did is, is they never classified it as critical habitat. So even though it is critical habitat, and even though in our study with first nations and Acadia university, we've captured inner bay of funny salmon in there. The mm-hmm. fact that DFO hasn't officially considered it critical habitat is their get-out-of-jail-free cards in their minds. It doesn't mean it is the get-out-of-jail-free card, but it's what they use. And, mm-hmm. of course, we'll have to test that in court, if, you know, whatever, right? So, and, and you know what, Darren? Like, with species at risk, that is concerning as well because uh, not federally, but recently Bob Ban- Bancraft had had taken on the province uh, Department of Lands and Forestry, and they've won that court case, obviously, for uh, for uh, biodiversity and uh, species at risk provincially, right? I like uh, the wording they used in the article. It said, systematic and chronic failure to fulfill the legal obligations under the Nova Scotia Endangered Species Act. Well, guess what? The, the, the government of Nova Scotia is systematic and chronic failure. That's a pretty strong word, brother. To fulfill its legal obligations. Well, they're doing it again in Windsor. Right now. And, exact same and, thing. and you know what, Darren? Uh, like, what's it going to take? Is it going to take half a dozen dead salmon up there to get no. the federal government to, uh, to, to say, Jesus No, it's going to take exactly what the my, my language. But... I'm going to take what the headline said. The headline says, citizens must challenge the government if law is not followed. And it doesn't take, they don't care if salmon die. They kill salmon up in Gasparo, inner bay of funny salmon. They kill them up in the Gasparo Valley. I took a marrow on up in the back, in the, and I beat them to some extent. But they were killing inner bay of funny salmon up there. We caught them. But they didn't charge them. It's a species of risk because the, 
it's just the way the system works. Amara gets out of the ghetto jail free so many times, it's unbelievable. Then we did nail them. They let them do this little escape plan instead of taking a fine so they can keep their ISO rating. See, Amara, the way you get Amara is you must threaten their, I shouldn't say threaten's the wrong word. You must push it to where they think they might lose this insurance rating or this special rating for their stature and, and investments or something like that. I can't remember what it's called, ISO rating or something like that. They don't want to lose that. So the government doesn't want them losing it neither because they all invest in America, right? Which is, in my opinion, um, honestly, uh, conflict of interest once again. But, you know, Amera kills salmon all the time, you know, and other companies like them. Mm-hmm. So they kill salmon all the time. So that's not going to change anything. DFO has basically forgotten about the salmon. I haven't, but they, for the most part, the management of DFO or politic of DFO, I'm not saying the workers, some of the workers are diehard and they just love them, right? But the the big boys and big girls in DFO have basically written the salmon off, which is un, because they don't make enough money off them. They don't care about species of risk. That's not going to stop them. What's going to stop them is the citizens of this province and it's this country. And that article that was in the paper about that Bancroft and, and the lawyer, um, Jamie Simpson, um, they said it right in the title. Citizens stop this. Mm-hmm. I stop. You stop this. And mm-hmm. I'm going to show the citizens that we can stop this. If they keep playing around, we'll stop more than this one. If they oh. do the right thing, we'll stop here. We'll go back to negotiation tables in the scene. We'll be respectful. We'll ask for reasonable stuff, and we won't push it in the media so hard. But and, until they do the right thing, we have no choice. And Darren, uh, next question I've got. Where does the Nova Scotia Federation of Agriculture stand with addressing the issue with the Nova Scotia Department of Agriculture in, in regards to these these issues. I know uh, I know Mr. Olton there, uh, he's he, he's a man of uh, many words when it comes to a lot of stuff uh, in the paper. He started, and me, he started coming on to me, about, I think it was two nights ago, and I shot him down for the first time. I usually, I'm pretty complacent with my neighbors, so I'm a good neighbor, you know what I mean? And I, uh, and I love farmers, and I, and I went to school with them all, actually. I didn't go to school with Victor, but I went to school with his brothers. And um, basically, um, he started coming on to me because I was talking with the cows going down to the bank and went in the cell. I didn't bring up the, the violation of the Fisheries Act. I didn't bring up the violation of uh, the Environment Act. But he opened the door to that. So now I will talk about it. So when he come on to me, um, I just, for the first time, I think he was shocked. I said, Victor, I said, you called for the fish to be blocked. And he's like, no, he didn't. I said, you know that the lake being high, fish cannot pass. Right. I said, that's why they draw it down in in May. And you know that you've been at this a long time. He goes, and he knows that. And I said, so therefore, just because you don't say you want the fish blocked. You've asked with a written letter to council to support you with the government and fisheries and oceans and the federal government to raise that lake level, which means block those fish. That's what you did to my industry and my children. I said, I never did that to you. I offered to go out and fix your fences. I offered to go out and help you repair stuff. They build the dikes. I was a good neighbor, mm-hmm. but now my feet's in the ground and now you've just opened a can. So that's how that goes with me. Gotcha. If they want to, they want to start coming on to me. They better be careful because I can pull levers and I can push buttons. I can send letters and there won't be none of them running their cows down to the pond. And, and Darren, there's like, there's a lot of, uh, People, obviously, that uh, support you, like, my gosh, there's some pile, right? Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm 
just wanting to touch on something here because I touched on it openly there just based on uh, on uh, one of uh, one of your viewers obviously had brought it up. Uh, th there is a petition that one of your supporters had done, obviously. They'd done, a, excuse me, a change.org petition. Now, for, for those citizens out there that don't know any better, uh, when you're dealing with the feds, uh, and most times the province, uh, they don't accept change.org petitions. So it's a total, utter waste of time to sign. I, I did bring up the one here for Parliament, and it does give you the option to create a petition. Right here, create it, and you can have it endorsed. I see a lot of people talk about this Cody Boyce or whatever, so I figure he's an MP in the area maybe. Uh, not well, familiar. He's unreachable right now besides photo ops in, in Kings County. He's staying out of Hans County this week. So, so – if, if you can't get a liberal, uh, and I, I hate to beat up on either specific party, but if you can't get a liberal, get a conservative to endorse it uh, uh, or present it on your behalf in parliament. Get as many signatures as you can, but this is the right way to do a petition yeah, and, and, uh, I mean, because it's digitally signed I don't, I don't, and it is like accepted. That, 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 uh, that, that petition, I don't like to say it's useless because somebody took the time to write it, for one. So it's just it's got some inaccuracies in it, and I didn't say nothing. I just kind of let it go because and, and, and Darren, I'm, just, I'm just glad a citizen started learning. And, so, and, and and you know what, Darren, I I accredit the citizen, right? I'm not beating yeah. up on the citizen, but but knowledge is key, right? Like yeah, for, for knowledge, me, to, for, part of the process. I never did anything. I still make mistakes every day. For 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 me to go ahead and allow you guys to go ahead with a change.org petition with me knowing the fact that it's not going to be accepted. So if you get, yeah. if you get 40,000 or a hundred thousand signatures and then it gets thrown in the garbage because it's not worth the paper it's printed on. Well, that's a waste of the energy that some citizen put in. So if that citizen that created well, it, kind of, but it's also about votes, right? So and, whether or not that, you know, really, I mean, I'm out there right now videotaping them doing violations. They got, I bet you the Minister of Fisheries and the Minister of Agriculture, well, Minister, or sorry, the Director of Agriculture called my mother on a Sunday. This Sunday, yes, look, that's today. Mom called me, or yesterday, you either called her today or yesterday, I can't remember because I work so much, I, and I'm on the water so much, I get my days mixed up. But um, he called my mother, actually. Can you imagine? I was going to ask him for his mother's phone number, but anyways, um, probably because probably she's one of the ones that called, maybe just calling her back. But regardless, the Director called my mother. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's, I just found it was, it was ironic. But the thing is, is what he said was, um, what she told me he said, and uh, was that, you know, she, everybody was calling so much it was bothering the staff. Mm -hmm. Well, that's progress. So I want them to be uncomfortable because they make us uncomfortable. I mean, they're destroying my family's livelihood. See, that's what people don't get. Now, people call me a... Um, saying I'm a fighting this because I profit off because I fish her there. Well, yeah, I do fish her there, but they couldn't say that when I took down Annapolis turbine. I mean, I never fished Annapolis River in my life. I went down there on behalf of, of an organization or two, and they asked me to come in, and it was and it was a monster atrocity. And I found the trigger. I found the legal trigger, which was the fact that it wasn't authorized, and there was no operational approval. And I triggered a CSAT, and in that CSAT, um, the there was. You know, it proved that it killed over 10% of the fish on every single pass, 10% um, plus of the fish on every pass, and it's a monster. So we actually beat that after 35 years. 
So then that was Amera and DFO, of course, sticking up for them and the governor of Nova Scotia sticking up for them. But we took them out. So, but the thing is, there's so many people calling right now that everybody's stirred up. And stirred up is good because when you start scaring the politicians, they're going to lose votes. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they're going to get scared. So if, we can, if we can make Cody Boyce or Chuck Porter, the MLA, the Minister of Municipalities, we can make them think they're going to lose their seats. Steve McNeil will come down or Justin Trudeau. Some will come down and say, boys, you're losing riding here. Whoa, buddy. Whoa, buddy. Maybe you shouldn't be so hard-headed with that, you know, salt, no salt water. Or maybe you shouldn't be so hard-headed with that lake. You know, maybe you should rethink this. And that's where I want to get them. I want to get them in the votes. I want to get them in the back pocket. And, and, and Darren, you, you're right about the votes and that. The other thing, too, is a lot of these MPs and MLAs have a lot of power. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, though, that they don't use what they have at their hand because they tow the party lines, uh, which, is, which is very unfortunate. In, in this case, uh, doing the right thing, it doesn't seem to be on their agendas. But I, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here and uh, follow the money. And what I mean by that is if you check any of their political contributions through Elections Canada or Nova Scotia, you will see their donors. Uh, I'm sure uh, if you follow uh, contributions made from, uh, under CRA, check CRA, because any industry that makes donations to, say, Darren, you got your own organization there. So if you ever had a donation made by a mirror to you, uh, you, you can go ahead and find that through CRA's website because it has to be claimed, uh, obviously. So so follow the money. And what I mean by that is some of the ones that may have their hands in this cookie jar or in this fish pond uh, blocking things uh, may be receiving financial benefit in some way, shape, or form. Or maybe there's a development they want to do above the causeway someday, and they figure if they basically uh, left it as a lake and they didn't let the salt water in, the municipality would be able to issue permits to a certain developer. I don't know. There's, and, there's a whole bunch of things going on here. And, and you, know, you, you know what? Uh, depending on what it is, you've got federal and provincial that rule the roost over municipalities anyway. So it's I'm not saying it's happening, but it's I'm just saying you got a lot of followers there that can put the time into uh, research and check. I'm going to put a reward out on that because i already been told some of the reasons for this, the real stupidity of trying to save that lake, um, the real reasons, right? But I don't know if they're true completely. So, so I, don't, I don't like talking with things without evidence, but I've also, I'm, like, I'm getting ready to put a reward for factual information on the real thing. Because I put a reward for fish. You remember that last week? Mm -hmm. the, guy caught, the guy caught, I put a reward for the first striped bass to be caught above the causeway when they actually put fish passage through. So there was there was like dozens and hundreds of people fishing up there, and a guy from Ducks Unlimited caught the first bass. I, I transferred, he transferred him $1,000 of my hard-earned money. And mm -hmm. I got $2,000 on a sturgeon, and I got $500 on American Shed because there's never been one recorded in the last 50 years captured on rod and reel. These were all captured for rod and reel by following the rules and laws, and they mm -hmm. have to be able to evidence it. So the, what happened is, is when the province stepped in, they stopped all those people from basically fishing because now they're going to block the fish. Mm -hmm. So after the 14th, the, actually, the, it almost seems like they're going to block the fish completely. So then nobody will be able to fish. So they didn't do it for the community. Who are they doing that for? They're not and, doing it for the people. They're not doing it for the 100 and 200 people that were up there fishing. They just put them out of there for fishing. 
So, Darren, yeah, because we're getting we're we're over the hour mark, obviously. And I said uh, so about eight episodes back, we were going to try to keep it at the uh-huh. the one hour mark. But uh, you know what? Uh, I I commend you for what you're doing. Uh, my next question, though, is uh, I just have to find it here because I kind of jiggle around on a few. What options do you uh, have to fix this issue and uh, rectify fish passage in uh, in Windsor? Education, teamwork, and connections, and friendships. So basically, what I've done for years is I've built an army. And I've built an army through trust. I never once lied to a DFO official. I never once lied to one of my allies or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I use words. So after years and years and years and years of people know when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I've basically trained everybody to understand if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And I do things fairly, always, always fairly. This is the first time I've ever drove my feet in the ground. So that's my power, is once I've drove my feet in the ground, they know I'm serious. There's no doubt in my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying something. And the people in my community know I'm serious, right? So at the end of the day, they got to make a decision. And they got to see, what am I going to keep escalating this in a peaceful way every day and keep talking more and more and more and educating people more and more and more and more about the stuff that you and I know that the normal people doesn't know? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do it, and I'm going to get the people to educate themselves. I'm not just going to tell them. I'm going to take that camera, and I'm going to make, make these little agents taking pictures, and they're going to go collect this evidence themselves. So when they collect it themselves, they're going to learn more themselves. I am educating people in a true way. So that it's not actually me manipulating them like the government does. They're actually finding this stuff with themselves. So I turn the camera on the on I turn my take my camera every day and I put it on those gates. And they mm-hmm. watch them go up and they watch them go down. Right? And they do that themselves. So I'm truly educating them. I'm not sending them media lines. I'm telling them the truth. So eventually enough of them's gonna sit there and go, We're not doing this no more. What else is like this? So then I'm gonna make them go study more like moses cody did back in the 1920s with the farmers and the fishermen right i mm-hmm. am going to try to repeat what he did and that's where i'm going with this the government probably should do something pretty soon because the longer i get to do this the more citizens become educated the harder it is for them to twist their agendas yeah, well, you know what, Darren? I'm, I'm really hoping you make some more progress. Uh, you've, uh, you're, uh, you're bull in the china shop, uh, and you know what? Hey, guess what? I, you have a huge following. So for those in government that aren't listening, uh, and for those that had, uh, had inquired on why I was willing to help you, it's. It's, it was funny when uh, when you had mentioned my name and said that I was willing to uh, help you. Uh, bells and whistles kind of went off, uh, unfortunately, uh, for, for, for them, obviously. Uh, you, know what the, you know what the fisheries officer told the fishermen? It's none of your business, Windsor. That's what they said yeah. to some fishermen the other day. I mean, come on, guys. But, I mean, uh, but you know what? Uh, hey, um, I'm not from your area. I've got the podcast. It's called Coast to Coast Outdoors. This is stuff that needs to be brought up because we're all conservationists, we're all fishers, we're we're anglers, we're hunters, we're, we're boaters for crying out loud. You name it, uh, the outdoors, uh, coast to coast outdoors encompasses it all. And uh, I'm not siding with the government saying they're right or whatever, but uh, I'll tell you this: 
the old saying goes, a picture tells a thousand words. Oh, yeah, uh, and, and you know what? Videos now tell more. So. And you know what I'm trying to teach people is this word I've been called for years called a NIMBY, and it means not in my backyard. And the mm -hmm. universities use it as a derogatory term, and industry uses it as a derogatory term in all their papers for labeling a segment of society that tries to protect their backyard when industry wants to come to destroy their backyard. And it's, it's basically, and even in the one Nova Scotia report that Steve McNeil follows, Red Ivory report, um, you know, they, they it basically says in there too, if you know somebody doesn't want to conform to our ideas, we just keep moving forward and blah blah blah. They don't mean nothing on it, but it says it in different words. So that's their that's their mindsets. But I'm going to teach the people to protect your own backyard because if you don't protect it, nobody will. And that's my goal too. I got a bunch of goals here, and I want everybody to protect their backyards, and I want to empower those officers, just like you said earlier in this podcast, to step out and use that ombudsman or use that whistleblower thing and and step out and do the right thing you know go home and look in the mirrors and 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 say am i really doing the right thing not just officers fpp cmp licensing license is a huge one that's a monster right there so at the end of the day i want dfo officials to go home and say are we gonna really leave him down there in that hole because i'm going on hunger strike, hunger strike tomorrow starting tomorrow Right? So they're going to leave me not only down in a hole exposed in an open boat. It is my choice to do so, though. And I will say that right now. They're not making me do it. I'm and, going down that hole, and I'm going to go on a hunger strike tomorrow morning, starting tomorrow morning, and I want this fixed. And I don't want everything fixed at once. My, my request is simple. Follow the Fisheries Act and the rules of Canada and enforce it. And that's all I'm asking. So how can they beat me? They can't beat me. Because they're the ones lying, and all I'm doing is following the laws of Canada. I'm only doing it by myself, so mm -hmm. I'm not putting anybody else in danger. I'm down in a hole where nobody can see me, right? They know I'm there. They even moved the camera. They removed the fucking camera. The web cameras, the Nova Scotia webcam, they actually, they, you can look at it, and it, shows, it looks like my boat's sitting there, but they still still, they still frame the camera. Mm -hmm. And they, they pointed it at the ground, so you can't see me out there now. Anyway... Hmm. So the minute they manipulate everything, but at the end of the day, all they can do is keep keep manipulating. I'll just keep telling the truth, and I will follow every single rule and law, and I'll give them no reason to remove me. And if I give them no reason to remove me, and all I do is ask them to follow the laws of Canada, the same ones they make the Aboriginal fishers, the recreationals, and the commercial fishermen, they cannot beat me. And you know what, Jared? That's that is a hundred percent to the to the fact. Uh, and for like I said, for your viewer there that did the the, the petition, uh, great on them. If they can switch that over into the parliament one, well, but it is I should really do it myself. I got to take the time. The problem is, is I've been in that hole except for tonight. I took tonight off the first night because I had to, had to get done, and um, off I took my tight off in the hole and. Uh, and, and you know what? If you get that done, it helps the cause. And yeah. I'm telling you, there's uh, there's some other politicians that may get involved. Like, uh, Darren, you know me. You've known me for a uh, number of years. Uh, the podcast here, I try not to get 100% uh, political, but I do want to uh, let uh, give credit where credit is due. There is some good folks within DFO, uh, fisheries in general, uh, agriculture. 
most times they get overshadowed by their bosses who uh, who, who just want to accept policy and not the actual law, which is unfortunate. Uh, so so I wanted to be clear on that as well. Uh, and Darren, you know, like I'm here in Cape Breton. Uh, I'm I'm supporting you guys uh, to to make waves to to get uh, get your end goal accomplished. I offered to, uh, like I said, to assist in any way I can. Uh, I did, uh, like I told you there uh, earlier or the other day. Uh, uh, there was uh, there was uh, uh, um, well, I was on CTV News yesterday talking about the free free fishing weekend, obviously, and I did talk to Kyle Moore, the reporter, and uh, I did uh, give him your contact number. And hey, Darren, like like the media know, if uh, if I vouch for somebody. It's because when I start getting sick or something like that, down that hole, I'm going on hunger strike and the public cries enough. That's when CBC will cover. That's when global will cover. That's when, and I'm not calling them. I don't, I don't care if they come. I want people like you. I want people like Ian Swanner. What a job he did on that interview. I don't need CBC, nor do I even want them. I don't need CTV. I don't need global, nor do I want them. Who watches that shit anymore? It's all fake news. And at the end of the day, I mean, we gotta we gotta be careful here too. We got a government starting to say they want to control the narrative of the of the news. Well, look at CBC and and, and, and that stuff now. I mean, you can't even get them to cover a real story. Darren, uh, Darren, I'm gonna chime in there and tell you point blank. When you start doing the A tips with federal fisheries and whatnot, you'll see how scripted that they are. They want questions to to they want the questions prior to. Like before this show, Darren, I didn't script my questions to you. I hit you with an add-on, right? Now, now, like the other medias, when you do FOIA pops, you'll see that. Uh, like uh, even with Nova Scotia Agriculture, you would see that the media had scripted things prior to uh, to, to, to them. If you do a FOIA pop, uh, which is provincial. Uh, you show you Darren, Darren, it's a, it's a finicky situation, but I see, will. There's some FOIA pops right there, and I, I know FOIA pops. Everything, uh, yeah. everything they care about is all, all they care about. They don't care about fish. Mm -hmm. they never care. You know, in that FOIA pop, there's like, what? I don't know, 5,000 pages there or something like that? Mm -hmm. There's only like two or three pages in the whole thing they care about fish. All they care about is the public narrative, what the public's going to find out. I think every single citizen should learn how to use the ATIP and the FOIA pop system, Freedom of Information Act, so they mm -hmm. can really understand how this shit works. You know what? It's so underutilized. Uh, Darren, I'll, t I'll be honest, it's so underutilized that unless you're a guy like me or a guy like you or a media outlet, they're the only guy, like, we're, we seem to be the only ones that utilize it the most. Uh, uh, yes, it does cost some money, and most times we spend our own money to, uh, to accommodate getting the information we want. But I will tell you this, Darren, keep the faith, brother, because... Uh, they can't because, be fine. See, that's be the thing. Because, they Darren, I'm gonna, Darren, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, point blank. There's people here in Cape Breton that said we, like myself and our group, uh, Port Morion Wildlife, we couldn't win against industry. We couldn't win against this. We couldn't win against that. We couldn't win against certain aspects. We had government departments telling us, no, policy states, you can't do this. Well, policy isn't law. It isn't. It isn't a lot. So when you go ahead and you wise up to the fact there that this is going to actually help a person move forward, like bank. Uh, I will chime into. We do have an, an aging demographic that uh, the, the, the at one point they had to fight Darren, but now they don't uh, because of 
ailing stuff, technology, they may not be technologically advanced, whatever. But I'll tell you this, uh, any input you can get from uh, an elder or a senior in the public, uh, try to try to utilize that to help your cause right. as well. Because they, they, they are knowledge keepers and uh, they, they do have uh, a wealth of knowledge there that uh, will will help as well. If you can get any ex-employees that are retired. Have, that's the thing. I already have an army, too. And I'm collecting them more every day. I have ex-DFO. I have them already. You know what I mean? That's the thing. They don't got they don't have no idea what I got yet. And that's a thing. I excavate every day. I grow my army every day. And that's exactly what it is. It's an army. It's an army of people that know what they're talking about. And it's an army of people that are fed up with the system being manipulated by politicians. And that's just how it is. We want the Fisheries Act to be enforced. We want to preserve our industry. Uh -huh. I'm looking after my future industry, my children's industry. My, my daughter is actually in the Museum of Natural History in Halifax as one of the, you know, the women showcased last year. She's a phenomenal person, phenomenal fisherman, right? And she calls herself fisherman. I'm not, I'm not calling her a fisher person because she still calls herself a fisherman and she likes that. So, you know, she's been celebrated for what she is. And they're right now trying to take her future away. So what they've got me, they got me back into the corner, a guy that took a mare down twice in two battles, and them, and other battles, many other battles, work on tidal turbines I put tens of thousands of hours into that battle mm -hmm. they've got a guy backed into a corner that understands them that knows the rule of law the only one that can defeat me is myself mm -hmm. i cannot make a mistake i will not break the rules i will not break the law because that's the only way they can defeat me they are taking my livelihood away they are breaking their own laws and regulations i have nothing i can't i have nothing to lose you understand that Mm -hmm. I have nothing. They're taking my livelihood away. They're taking my children's livelihood away. They're destroying it. And that's against the Fisheries Act, actually, productivity, right? They're killing these fish. They're blocking off their maintenance flows. They're destroying my future, my children's future. Honestly, if, if I don't break the law, they can't beat me. All I got to do is keep trying to get them to enforce the law and showing people. It's it's there's there's a no win situation for them, and they know it, and I know it. And you you know what, Darren? Tomorrow is Ocean's Day, exactly. And, and I start my hunger strike on Ocean's Day, and, and I will protect. If the Minister of Fisheries and Oceans in her backyard, forty five minutes from her house, will not protect the ocean, I will. And mm -hmm. that's the I'm sending. I and, will comfortable my boat in a hole, and I will starve myself if she won't do her job. And Darren, I, I am going to elaborate as well. I know I have shared it repeatedly throughout the broadcast here with you uh, and uh, the, the viewers, obviously. The Minister of DFO, uh, you can email her at min at dfo-mpo.gc.ca. Uh, that, that email is there. Now, for, for those that think that it goes directly to the minister, and the minister reviews this. Uh, I, I hate to burst that uh, bubble, but I will bring them down to reality because I did have a couple of people message me saying, I'm waiting for a reply from Bernadette. Unfortunately, the, the reply does not come directly from Bernadette Jordan, the minister. It, uh, it comes from one of either the directors in her department or one of her office staff that is bureaucratical office staff, obviously, that will script many people there, Darren, and I'm, I'm putting it out there. Uh, 
as past uh, learnings will will probably get the same generic response. So, 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 so hold on one sec there. Uh, let me let me throw it out there. If you guys and girls and gentlemen and and ladies that uh, do get a response via email, and I'll tell you, email is the best because it doesn't get lost. Uh, it ends up on a server and it's fully poppable or an A tip at the federal level. So you can get an A tip of all of the emails that come in, obviously, uh, uh, in regards to this issue. Now, the other thing I want to touch on is that if if, if Darren, your supporters get a generic response back, uh, let's have them post and tag you, the strand uh, strand the fisherman, strand the fish. Uh, let the responses they get back, let's see if it's a generic scripted letter, which I'm willing to bet it will be, uh, oh, will be. From, from a bureaucrat within the office uh, answering their replies. Let's see how many, because I know most of your viewers aren't using a scripted uh, email with their name and their address on it. You know, um, what I like about this is I look at the minister thing a little different than you just did, which I love the difference of opinions, right? Um, I think it's the right thing to do to send a minister. That way it trickles down to the right departments. Because if you don't know who to send, so I'll give you an example. If you don't know who to send, um, exactly who to send a complaint to, it can be missed. And they don't actually consider it going to the right place. I don't know how to explain it. If you send it to the minister, it goes to the right place, at least. So when you send a complaint into the Minister of Fisheries and Oceans, she probably never, ever, ever will read that letter. That mm -hmm. doesn't matter, though. Because then it goes to licensing Greg Stevens. Then it goes over to Mark <laughs> McLean and the FPP, right? You understand? Goes yeah. over to Ray McCleave if you're down in Yarmouth area for um, CMP. And it goes if you're in the you know Halifax area, it goes Trevor Lushington. If you go into the your place, I think it's Lauren Penny or whoever. Oh, up in the panel. So the right people get the mail. So mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, if you message the minister. They can't claim you didn't send it to the right place. Mm -hmm. So I would say they hate that, too. They really don't like you mentioned that. It, 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 le it leaves a paper trail. But for those viewers there that want to send it uh, hard copy, sometimes they get misplaced. Yeah. Uh, the, the emails, it uh, it automatically logs on the server. It doesn't go away, obviously. Uh, so it's uh it's it's funny uh but uh i'll tell you darren we've touched on so much uh in regards to that uh we, could do this, it, we could do this every night brother we, and, could we could educate the country and, and rile the whole fishery up and get them all and, to unite together maybe we still gotta and, get that still gotta get that recreational halibut fishery opened up you and i uh it's uh, i gotta touch base with sterling bellevue and uh work on that that's a topic for another uh episode obviously yeah. but uh I'll, I'll tell you darren uh it's it's nice to see the viewership that you have obviously and uh i hope m the education that i have acquired uh on my own which is which was unfortunate that i had to go that way because nobody taught me how to navigate the system darren same as you right it was a learn as you go type deal but when you start knowing it's easier to share that knowledge and pass it on because you never know one day to the next uh how how much oh, life you, you and oh. i make them, we know that makes them shaking their shoes you got to call at six o'clock in the morning wondering why you're working with me <laughs> I, I got a call asking why I was working with you, uh, which was uh, interesting. But 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 again, the calls, Darren, I, 
like they, they, they know the system too well because if they call you, it doesn't get logged. No, exactly. So if they email you, it's logged, right? So it's uh, they, they, they know how uh, how the systems work, obviously. And uh, the, I could get into detail on and on all night about the Floyd Pop system, but uh, but you know what? Uh, I'm hoping it gives your viewership uh, and followers some insight that uh, there's there's a big picture here, and things aren't always as they seem. Uh, hope somebody gets smart and does their homework and checks to see if there's Everybody any more reading, but read what read what you say read something two or three times that's the key when you see mm-hmm. me trying to come out from dfo or department of agriculture sit down and read what it really says mm-hmm. don't you know when you we're used to skimming stuff and saying oh, okay that's cool everything's fine they dropped the lake down it killed the fish they moved the lake back up the fish is now okay they're protecting the fish that's what you got out of that email but that's not what it said that's not what it was. That's not the truth. There's no facts there. So it just it's just a way of manipulating you to think that that's what that's what they do. They're trained to do that. They have I mean Kevin Becker's in all honesty is the smartest smartest director on the fly that I've ever seen in my life. He's a brilliant brilliant man. Do I really appreciate his work? Absolutely not. But do I appreciate his skill? Oh yeah. He's a adversary. That's all I got to say. And you know what? I've I've been displaying some uh, some telephone information that's popped up from your viewers, obviously. And you know what, Darren? You've got a, a great uh, great membership. Uh, people in your corner, you've got you've got the A team, buddy. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, things- growing. See, that's the thing. They're allowing me to build an army. You see that? Mm-hmm. They're allowing me to expand my army and change the system. They're doing it themselves by breaking the law. And that's just how it is. As long as I follow the law, they can't beat me. Mm-hmm. Well, Darren, you know what? I've got a request here from uh, from one of your viewers uh, and supporters. Let's have the next podcast from Darren Boat in front of the gates. Mm-hmm. So, After COVID's over and we're allowed to actually sit six feet apart, brother. Oh, no, no, no. What he's talking about is we do the podcast I do it from my remote location. You do it from your boat because you're on your cell phone now. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. I like that so, idea. So you know what? Maybe uh, maybe Darren will try for episode 16. Yeah, people, see, people could actually see my hole. As Once I'm down there, I can't get back out. I'm locked in there. I have the largest tides in the world I fish in, mm-hmm. and I'm locked down there. There's no movement. So when that wind howls through there and that rain smashes me in the face, I got no canopy. I'm wide open. I don't even have a chair. I just sit on the rail of my boat in a metal steel box in the back. It's got a cabinet, and I sit there uncomfortable. My back hurts, my feet hurt, my leg, my ankles swell up from mm-hmm. sitting, you know, twenty some hours a day. At the end of the day, I'm uncomfortable because my fish are uncomfortable, and that's the message I'm sending. People, I didn't tell people at first what I was doing. I just did it. So mm-hmm. when they look down there and they're like, "Man, you know, you're so, you still down there? Are you still down there in that hole?" And I said, "Yeah." So, so Darren, what? Uh... I'll touch base if if uh, maybe sometime this week we can uh, we can do it, and uh, uh, I'll try to do it around a time there where we do it for about thirty minutes the podcast because we're we're at an hour and forty two now obviously uh, but uh, uh, what I'll try to do is set it up that way and, no, and then it doesn't eat up after Bernadette Jordan told said how she's protecting the oceans ocean yeah. day well, I'm sure Trudeau and Bernadette Jordan's going to be out saying how good of a job they're doing. And and you know what? Uh, regardless, Darren, we can get the the message out there. Uh, I'm all in support of uh, conservation and that. And the fish kill doesn't sit well with me personally. It's not just does... fish kill; they kill fish daily. 
Yeah, and and you know what? Uh, that's that's the thing, right? So we'll we'll, we'll work on Darren trying to set something up uh, in uh, in the days or weeks to follow, obviously, and uh, go from there. It seems like something there that's uh, it needs to be addressed. And if mainstream media won't touch it, uh, I'll touch it on the podcast because, uh, uh, hey, it's it's another platform, right? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what 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 I am going to ask if any of your viewers are there. Uh, Give me a like on Facebook or a follow for Coast to Coast Outdoors Visual Podcast. And uh, this way here, when they're online, they can get the updates when uh, when we do go live with you again. Uh, so other than that, Darren, unless you want to finish on the final note. I just want to make sure if anybody protests this, um, do it peacefully and do it within the laws. Because if they can make a fool of us, they will. And that's how they win. They run a, they own they, they basically control the media. So at the end of the day, if you're protesting you want to help these fish, you need to make sure you follow the rules. And, and you know what you're allowed to protest. They can, it's a constitutional right. Stay six feet apart, man. you know assemble you can walk and you, you can walk around six feet apart. just don't don't cause no trouble. At the end uh -huh. of the day, don't give them a reason to twist this narrative and the fish will win. this isn't about me winning. This is about the fish winning. The fish win, the eagles win. If the eagles win, the ospreys win. I videotape ospreys catching fish every day almost on my live feeds. How many people get that in their lifetime? I see it every day. Mm -hmm. I see, you know, 10, 15, 20 eagles. I see, I mean, an osprey fishes beside my boat every day. So, you know, in the otters and the minks and, and you know, the rivers, they all need these fish. So it's not me winning. It's not you winning. It's the river that wins, the next generation wins, and all the wildlife and all the fish and all the birds. And the mm -hmm. That's the message. You know what, Darren? Can't beat it, right? Uh, uh, I will tell you this. When I seen as many dead fish there, and my first impression was all them fish that are going to waste, uh, that died unnecessarily, obviously, did not have to die. But I'm thinking after, like during this whole situation, like uh, the the crowd that I uh, I've seen me take animals to in Truro in Hilden at uh, Cabaquit Wildlife Rehabilitation Center could have really used them for rehabilitation of bald eagles and so forth, right? Uh, for food to offset their costs, right? So it's it's one of them situations there where hey, it's uh, it's something. But uh, I, I'll give them a shout out as well that if there's any fishermen, because you do have a, a number of fishermen there, if they if they have any bait fish that they they can donate. Well, we, we just basically our season for Gas Pro is now done. They. By holding back the run, um, by not using the gates properly, they basically destroy part of our season, for one. Um, and two, we're done on the water for Gas Pro. That's all over for us. But the Gas Pro run is still happening. I got a new run coming on the new moon. So in the Avon River system, the Gas Pro run on the quarter moon. Mm -hmm. So quarter moon is only a few days away. And when that tide starts building again after that quarter moon, there'll be a big push. And there could be a big kill there. So we get a 28-degree day, 26-degree day, and he cuts that maintenance flow off. After that quarter moon, you might see transfer trucks loads of fish on your show. So it's, it's, it's it, you know, they got a perfect storm created up there. So what well, they've done, they got a recipe for disaster. They got me down there in a hole with a video camera, and they're playing God up there. And they literally are playing God. I actually told the new operator five years ago, the last thing he said when he called me in to talk, because me and the last operator, we went at it hardcore. 
And uh, this guy, he, I mean, I knew his father. His father taught me in school, and he was an educated, good man, right? And he called me in, and the last thing I said to him, I said, before I leave, I said, you're now the god of the river because you control it. He goes, I'm no god. And I said, yes, you are. And today, here we are. You have the control in your hands of life and death of this river. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. The Department of Agriculture should not have that control. Mm -hmm. And they you know what, Darren? I hope to God we don't see truckloads of uh, fish, obviously, going uh, uh to a landfill or whatnot. Uh, they won't go uh, landfill. I take care of them. That's the thing about outside. It's beautiful. Is the ones on the outside that are killed. The humans never see them. They go down into the mud at the bottom that they create. So mm -hmm. then they get washed down the stream. So you only see them for a day or two, then they're gone. Mm -hmm. So that's what they love about killing you. The old operator, the first the one I fought with for 15 years, he used to say to me, I'll kill them on the outside and the tide will take care of them. I have that documented in multiple letters to the government over the years. That's how they treat these fish. They right. kill them on the outside so the public can't see them. Mm -hmm. And then when they kill them on the inside, oh my God, we killed fish. And you know what, Darren? Hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully they get their heads out of their behinds. And, uh, it will happen. Unless, unless Bernadette Jordan enforces the Fisheries Act, we will have a kill very soon again. So uh, a lot of people there getting uh, generated uh, emails, obviously, uh, email responses back, uh, which is typical, paraphrase, of course. But uh, you know what, Darren? Uh, I hope everything goes good. I hope that uh, mainstream media picks this up as well. I, I just hope Bernadette Jordan sends the Martian orders down and says to their officers, Ray, Trevor, send your troops out, do your job. That's all mm -hmm. I want. That's all I want. I want them to apply the law mm -hmm. and to preserve this ecosystem. I don't care. Global? I don't care about ATV, CTV. I don't care about that. I want. Bernadette Jordan on Ocean's Day, hopefully, to say, boys, ladies, please go do your job and save that river. Darren, I'm going to throw out a challenge there because I know you've got a lot of pe people following. Uh, for those that are watching and listening to this, uh, Google the news media outlets and hit them hard and say, hey, it's World's, World's Ocean's Day. Uh Here's what Darren Porter is doing. Why aren't you guys reporting it? Bombard them because you know what? Uh, it's uh, flood them if you have to. The and best part uh, of to that is the people learn that the system is not the way they think it is. And that's what I love. I love it when somebody realizes they've been fooled for a long time because then they get mad. And, and and hopefully, hopefully the message gets to the bigger media outlets. Uh, whether or not they report it, uh, it's it's beyond our control. You know who I want to report this? The first media outlet. I mean, Harold. I mean, uh, Aaron Beswick. I can get Aaron Beswick to, or or Ashley Thompson or Carol Morris Underhill probably to write this anytime. I get articles done all the week. I haven't asked them to write this. I haven't asked anybody. I'd love to have Joan Baxter write this. I'm just a friend of mine. I might actually ask her, but I haven't even asked her to write it. See, that's the thing. I haven't asked anybody to do anything. And right. you know what, Darren? Again, it's like the people there, you've got people in your corner that are pushing if, uh, and supporting you. If they can support in the right way, you guys in Windsor got this win handed to you guys. Beatbot, I mean, at the end of the day, this is, just a, this is just a war of attrition at this point. How much more does she want me to say that's all this is? Mm -hmm. 
No, she never told to stop doing this, and I'll go back down to my little my fishing thing, and I'll collect data with the First Nations and the universities, and I'll be a good boy. Mm -hmm. right? The way you get me out of that hole is to enforce the Fisheries Act, which is not unreasonable. I am not asking for something unreasonable. Right? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, my suggestion I'm going to throw out there is uh, get in touch with uh, KMKMO or uh, Chief Terry Powell or even uh, Chief Brad Google. Follow my lead, Chief Andrew Paul. She put her heart on my page today, right? You know, mm -hmm. you know these chiefs are fully behind a lot of things that are done. They just can't say. I'm not saying they're fully behind me. I don't want to say that. But they definitely respect me. And I respect them. We're friends, actually, most of us. Mm -hmm. We're friends. We don't have fake relationships. Like, we don't, I don't, you know, fly a flag in front of my host and say, I'm friends with a Mi'kmaq. I'm actually friends with many Mi'kmaq. I'm true friends. I got at least 100 true Mi'kmaq friends. That's more than probably most people even know. I mean, mm -hmm. see, the thing is, I don't build fake relationships. My relationships are real. That's my power. Yep. And you know what, Darren, I'm in the same boat as you. I've got, uh, I've got many, uh, friends, uh, within the Mi'kmaq as well that are, uh, that are pretty, uh, pretty high up there, obviously. Uh, and they've been real great to work with when I have worked with them over the years on addressing issues. And, uh, you know what, uh, it's, it's always, uh, great to work with, uh, the Mi'kmaq of Nova Scotia to, uh, to, to get the help and move things forward to uh, see a resolve. We get far more done together than we do when we fight. Yeah. And that's how it is. And that's a fact. So with that, Darren, I've got nothing else there uh, to, to do uh, or say. Obviously, I think we've uh, exhausted uh, everything there. A lot of viewers, man, have uh, commented in. And you know what? It's uh, it's It's been a, a blast seeing each and every reply. Uh, for those viewers there on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, as well as uh, Podcast and Podbean, uh, do me a favor. Uh, check out uh, the podcast in its entirety on Coast to Coast Outdoors. Uh, virtual podcast on Facebook uh, because the the virtual side of things is there. Uh, you will see the the photos of the fish kill. You'll see the the dockets that we have. You, you name it, you'll see it there in its entirety. It adds more to the experience. Uh, and uh, search Darren on uh, Darren Porter on Facebook. Uh, the woman that started this battle before I did. Her name is Sonia Woods. She, she actually took a wheelchair to Ottawa. How about tomorrow on Ocean's Day, hashtag Burnett Jordan, which I think her skull sign is hashtag save the Avalon or something like that, right? So, I mean, she doesn't like me too much, but I don't care if she doesn't like me. I love, I love her. I love all people. At the end of the day, how about we hashtag Sonia Woods tomorrow and we say save, she has a, she has a group called save the Avalon or save the Bay of, I mean, whatever. So look it up. Look up Sonia Woods, find her site, save the Avon, hashtag. Bernadette Jordan, save the Avon. You know what I mean? Do mm -hmm. something like that. So when she's up there and people's going to say, what's the Avon? Hashtag, strand the fish, strand the fishman. Have people check that shit out, right? You know what I mean? On mm -hmm. Ocean, let's put DFO's feet in the fire tomorrow. Everybody watching us, do something to put DFO's feet in the fire. Because I guarantee you, if you threaten the vote, you can make change, and that's the only way it happens. 
So, so with that, Darren, I've got nothing else. You've got nothing else. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you offline here for a second, and right, I'm, gonna play, I'm gonna play the outro, and I'll be back to chat with you in a second, Darren. Okay, bye. So, folks, there you have it. Uh, I had Darren Porter from Windsor, Nova Scotia. Uh, Darren is uh, a true advocate for everything fishing, everything fish related. Uh, He's, uh, he's an asset for you folks up there in the Windsor area, and uh, the squeaky wheel uh, makes the most accomplishments, obviously, and uh, I, wished, uh, I wished Darren all the best with this, and uh, I really hope uh, it, that you guys listen and support Darren in any fashion that you can. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Jeff McNeil. Uh, this was a, a last minute, uh, podcast, obviously that I had with Darren, um, which, which I appreciate him coming on for coast to coast outdoors episode 15. Uh, we've had a number of, uh, unique, uh, uh, people from different fields, uh, expertise, so on and so forth. And, uh, Darren is very well knowledgeable in that field that he, uh, he talks about. So, Again, I'm going to try to take the viewer engagements and I'm going to try to hopefully have another episode there with Darren. Not as long as this one, obviously, but uh, I will try my, my darndest to uh, have him at the gates and get the, the message out there a little louder and clearer. Um, again, geez, like you guys uh, are just like the thank yous, like for everybody that's watching, uh, Thank you. Do us a favor. Like us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. But uh, you can see all the videos from past and future up here. Like us, follow us, share us. Uh, again, thanks for viewing. And I will do my best to have Darren back on again uh, to uh, accomplish uh, the end goal. And that is to uh, keep the fish uh, flowing without uh, what we see uh, in the photos that we displayed earlier. So, folks, uh, with that, uh, thank you again, and uh, have yourself uh, a great evening. Uh, uh, merci. Thank you. Well, adios.